0: When we were in, uh, in the Newcastle area and uh, probably Martin and Ellie have um, seen us at our best and probably at our worst. Never. And, uh, never, worst. <laughs> uh, never at our worst. Okay well you've seen us in a pretty bad state at different <laughs> times and um, yeah. they're really wonderful wonderful people. Um, Martin um, operates um, pastorally with a, within a really fabulous uh, congregation, um, but also ministers in various uh, church settings. Um, I get prophetically being called in just to minister uh, and teach, uh, but with quite a sharp prophetic thing. So if, and I'm not preempting anything, but if he does pick you out this morning and prophesy over you, can I just reassure you, that we haven't primed him in any shape or form today. And if you've got any questions, you can come and talk to Lou and I afterwards if you're kind of uncertain of how the whole prophetic thing operates. So great to have you, Martin. Thanks so much for flying down. We really appreciate that. Morning, folks.
1: Can you just turn me down just a little bit, mate? Is that all right? Um, Well, I've been to the pub. I've watched the footy, the AFL, and I feel like I'm in Melbourne. I'm home. Uh, I was raised in Castle, Maine, just anyone know where Castle, Maine is? And so, uh, you know, we live in Port Stephens in New South Wales now, Ellie and I, with our, uh, our kids, we raised our kids in Port Stephens, and, um, and so we've been New South Wales people f- for most of the last 27 years since we've been there, and... Uh, and that's where we connected with Steve and Louise when they were in Newcastle And they've been great friends And we, we consider it a privilege to come here and minister to you today uh, We love this area, mate, this is just a brilliant area I said to Steve, is there any other churches around here? Because uh, we just really feel a real affinity I wanted to talk about home today um, I really feel like um, Steve's asked me to talk on sonship as a subject and, um, But really I don't believe that you can separate the subject of sonship from the subject of home and so home is something that I've really wanted to um, uh, really get a handle on and make sense of in my own personal life and I believe a lot of what we how we relate to God uh, comes out in our own studies and our own theological understanding um, of him and then it's expressed in our lifestyle and home is an important thing to I think to all of us Um, Before we do that, though, um, and the other thing I want to talk about is is love, God's love to us as a father, um, towards us as his sons. And I'll use the word sonship a lot this morning. And and, and can I just say, put out a bit of a disclaimer, that when I use the word sonship, it's not a gender word. Uh, A lady came up when I spoke on this subject a while ago, and she said, I feel like using the word sonship is an unfortunate term for people that are female. But when we look at the word son or sonship, the term sonship in the Bible, it really isn't talking about male-female, it's more talking about um, this understanding we have of completion, maturity, fullness, uh, like Alex was talking about the end of this whole thing of coming away from God feeling full, feeling fully accepted, uh, fully favoured, fully loved, and really, that's what I believe sonship is, is really... If we're going to look for a very simple a very and yet a deep meaning of, of sonship, it is, it's all about that favourable, full, accepting love that God wants to put on us as our Father. But before I do that, I've got a couple other great friends. Here's Dave here, Dave and Michelle. And uh, they've been great friends of ours. And uh, Dave um, is um, a, a very gifted musician and singer. And uh, he plays in the pubs and, and, and that around the place. And so I've asked him to come and sing today just a, 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 an old song from, from uh, he's going to sing a song from um, Van Morrison. Who remembers Van Morrison? Uh, I can remember before we became Christians, we used to sing that Van Morrison song um, uh, about the light or something. We used to sing, you hey, know, it was singing about the kingdom and all that kind of thing. And at that time I was singing the lyrics and I didn't really understand what, what he was singing about. But it was a great song, you know. So here we go. Here's Dave, uh, and he's going to share a little bit of a story about what happened in his life just recently. So give Dave a hand as he just comes and does that.
2: Thanks, Dave. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, this song, when Martin called me and said, do you want to do a song, I, I was thinking, what would I sing? And, and um, suddenly it popped into my head, as God often uh, communicates with me like that, things popping in. And... Um, uh, what happened was about a month ago my father passed away he uh, finally um, age and illness got the better of him and um, I was reflecting you know in that as you do in those sorts of times about my relationship with him um, it was a wonderful relationship and um, but love came up in my thoughts and I was thinking you know God is love and we often talk about love in so many different ways. We love each other. We, we love our wives, our husbands, our partners. Our, we love cake. We love so many things. We talk about love. Um, but in his generation, love wasn't really talked about that much um, in, that, in his culture, which is sort of Melbourne-oriented Australian. And, um, you know, unfortunately... The words I love you were never really said much we we might say love from such and such in a birthday card or whatever we never actually expressed our love for each other because that seemed to be more reserved for romantic types of discussions and and um, so I was trying to think if I'd actually told him you know uh, that um, uh, I love you you know at any time in my life and I was trying to work out if he'd actually said that to me I mean we had expressed it in so many different ways through our lives but um and then I thought in the bigger picture you know God is love and and we we read in the Bible about how he so loved the earth and sacrificed his son and what he does for us is all out of love and how love is God and uh and that's great but I thought well when was the last time I told God that I loved him you know I actually verbalized the fact that you know I love you God um maybe we say it from time to time in prayer but we thank him a lot so I thought well I'll sing this song today and um, maybe I'll just um, sing it to God and if you're singing along maybe you can too
3: With all its glory, preach the day with hope and comfort too. You fill my life with laughter, and somehow you make it better. You ease my troubles, that's what you do, and there's a lot that's divine. And it's yours and it's mine like the sun. And at the end of the day, we should give thanks and pray to the one. To the one. Have I told you lately? Have I told you there's no one else above you? You fill my heart with gladness Take away my sadness Ease my troubles, that's what you do And at the end of the day we should give thanks and pray to the one To the one Have I told you lately That I love you Have I told you there's no one else above you You fill my heart with gladness Take away my sadness Ease my troubles That's what you do You fill my heart with gladness Take away my sadness Ease my troubles That's what you do
1: Thanks, Dave. That's great. Great stuff. Well, listen, um, let's just pray and then we'll, we'll kick off and see how we go. I'm conscious of the fact that time's getting on. So it's about 35 minutes, right, Steve? Is that okay? Is that good? Okay. Can we just bow our heads in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for just your amazing love towards us in Christ. And today, Lord, I just pray that you'd help me to communicate that love to the people that are gathered here, that we're able, before we leave this place today, to understand more about what it means to be loved and to love others because you loved us first. Uh, I thank you for your spirit that assists us in our life and, and Lord, that you've sent your spirit to, to really just partner with us on, on this transition that's taking place as you're changing us as we come to you and you're transitioning us into this image of of your intention to love us unconditionally. And so we receive that love today. We pray that we're able to just uh, learn more about how we can understand that love that you've given us and uh, in turn be able to express that to one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Sonship. Um, I think if, if there's one issue uh, that that um, society around the planet has in common um, <clears throat> that prevents us from loving one another, it's the subject of rejection. I think that rejection is one of the primary um, uh, symptoms or, or issues that that creates all kinds of conflict and dysfunctional families and and uh, and relational breakdown. Uh, rejection. Uh, it's, there's nothing new in it. It's, it's not like, <clears throat> you know, uh, wow, it's a, it's a thing of the 21st century. I think rejection is something that um, I want to look at today in, in relation to um, looking at the subject of sonship, and we'll get there. But um, it's important for us to understand that um, uh, that if we're going to look at something um, ideal, something that we're aiming towards, a goal, a vision. an an ambition a drive and uh, um, we've got to look at the things that will possibly get in the way of getting us there it's a bit like going on a destination and realizing if I'm going to get from A to B I've got to be able to get the map out and work out the best way of getting there and I think a lot of times we try and achieve things with our life and with our relationships and there's always this obstacle that gets in the way and sort of how did you get there again and it prevents us from loving one another all the wars uh, statistics tell us probably right today, as we gather together there 's over three hundred wars taking place around the planet, and a lot of those wars are between brothers and sisters you know, genetically, if we look at the uh, you know, the families of the earth, we can see that a lot of them are, uh, are, fi- are brothers and sisters fighting and uh, and so you know when we talk about sonship, we look at brotherhood and uh, it 's my personal conviction that that really the next if we 're going to call um, Uh, the the progression the maturity of the church anything it's sometimes called a move of God the next move of God I believe will be brotherly love Um, the ability to to really congregate not just in meetings but to have this DNA within us that is more perfect than the one we're experiencing today and so um, I've got 30 minutes it's a it's a vast subject and so I've tried to bring it down to some general points on how we can maybe just get a glimpse, just a little glimpse of, of hope on how we can work at that. Uh, when we look at the word subject, uh, sonship, I should say, we need to look at the, the, this whole thing of identity. Um, I think that within the church, not just in the world, but especially within the church, we're confronted right now with identity crisis, um, with image how we look it's not trendy to be a christian uh, you know we've got a nursery up at port stevens and uh and people ask well we haven't got buddhas in 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 our nursery and things like that because it's trendy to have statues of eastern religions because nobody wants a statue of jesus in their garden <laughs> anymore you know it, it's not trendy if you tell them you're a, 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 a you follow some kind of eastern religion um, it's, 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 it's not awkward in a conversation but when you tell someone you're a Christian often it can be awkward and a little bit difficult um, but Christianity I believe is, is, is something that um, has an image issue and, and a lot of that I believe is because of this one primary factor and that is rejection is that we've not fully understood that there's a lot of love coming out of heaven there's a huge amounts of love coming out of heaven and we've got this campaign running in our church at the moment. We're, going have, we're about this week to have a big billboard put up. And on the billboard, it just says, share the love. And it's all about just professing and declaring uh, our Father's amazing love towards us. Um, and so we're going to talk about that too. And in a way, the way that I deliver messages often is a little bit, uh, because I'm an artist, uh, they're not lineal. So I'm throwing things out and you'll be capturing things here and there. And and if you're a left brain person, forgive me right now because you're going to sort of get things coming at you from all over the place. And hopefully you'll get a little bit out of what I'm saying today and I'm going to try as much as I can to fit this into some form of sort of... But I'm trying to capture an essence uh, about this subject and I've tried to bring in all kinds of ideas about sonship to try and project acceptance to us, because you know, um, rejection is such a thief. It's such a robber, and 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 God is not a thief. He's a lover, and and I think that a lot of times in churches, uh, Christians are stolen. Uh, uh, there, there, there's things stolen from us that that really were not intentionally. Uh, to be stolen from us by by our father he doesn 't want us to be robbed ripped off um, in any way but but and often we can project this and, and we can rip people off or or steal away from them the things that that the father wants to give them, and we don 't even know we 're doing it um, and so I think our doctrine um, is something we have to look at because um, if we if our doctrine is is um, is, is, is properly formed then the way we live there's something about doctrine that that sits in our spirit and in our thoughts and in our mind that that brings values and conversation and language and all that kind of stuff that 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 makes us who we are our identity if we can fix that we can turn things around so let's just look at this whole thing of what i've called the orphan spirit Right in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, in the first book of creation, we find this question of of, um, God dealing with with, um, Adam. If you look at the the genealogies in Luke chapter 3, when it tracks back the genealogies of Jesus, it, it looks there at this whole thing of Adam and it says, Adam, the son of God. And so, sonship is not a new idea to God. It never was. It, it, when the, the revelation of Jesus in the New Testament um, was not something um, as the Son was not something of a new idea to God. It was always in His eternal mind. Sonship. Um, we don't have to look too much into the Genesis story to see that immediately that went fairly, fairly badly wrong. Um, and it's expressed as you follow the, you know, the genealogies of of uh, Adam we see in Cain he kills his brother out of rejection you know they're at the altar there Um, you know his his relationship with the father is not right and out of that he expresses that by his anger and kills his brother Abel and so throughout Genesis we haven't got time today to go through the whole story but we find this thing of them being cast out of the garden they're homeless he gets tagged as a restless wanderer and and there's this restlessness that almost is in the DNA of mankind from then on. And we find even before Noah's flood, there's this incredible tension between heaven and earth. Something's not right. Something's not okay. And and the question of the DNA, not only of the earth, but of mankind, is an issue to God. That there's something that has to be fixed in the DNA. And I use that term DNA a lot because we have to look at nature. If we're going to look at any kind of understanding of our identity and sonship and our image and all that, we have to look at this issue of the core part of us, the DNA, which, which is the blueprint of who we are. And, um, and so we find here that, that there's this or, what I call an orphan spirit it's it's a spirit of abandonment. It's it's a it's a spirit of restlessness, it's a spirit of rejection, um, which is in Cain and is translated down his his um family and um and you know, like I said, we, we don't have a lot of time to look into the whole sort of Genesis story, but you know, I'm just trying to build a platform here. But God wants to fix this, you see, because in his intention, there's always this passion to want to have a relationship with us, a proper one, a healthy one, a good one. Um, And I believe that uh, that's always and always will be the case, that he's more, you know, this is love. The Apostle John says this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. So there's this this incredible, heavy, heavenward-to-earth drive to love us, If we understand grace, that's really what it is. It's this heavy rain of love coming down from heaven to the earth. Jesus, I believe, echoed this in his prayer when he said, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so the answer to the model prayer really is this, is that God wants to make his home on the earth. He wants heaven to come to the earth. He wants the earth to be a comfortable place to live, not a horrible place to live, not a place where we all fight. He wants heaven to come to the earth and be a full place, a place of, of incredible intimacy and love and, and where, where his sons and daughters uh, can, <clears throat> can live together in harmony and peace. And so for this to happen, I believe that as we read the Old and New Testament, we see things, hints, nuances within the Scriptures. The prophets talk about it. They see it in prophetic vision about this this plan, this idea that God's got, that he's going to bring heaven back to earth. They prophesy about the new heavens and the new earth. They talk about the fact that there's this idea in the eternal heart of God that he will bring the heavens to the earth, that he says that what you're experiencing now is not what I intended, that there's something incredible that I have planned for you. And when you get that hope and when you get that faith and when you get that kind of, of, of... um, connection with, with, with heaven, you realize that, that things, things are on track. You can trust that plan, that, that you have a father that, is, that is, is wanting the best for us. And this is a message of the church. Enter Abram. And Steve tells me that you've been studying the life of Abraham. But we find in Genesis that, that, that this, this person emerges out of the ancient world called Abram. And, and, and Abram is an individual that God begins to utilise, and, and that's, that's really what, how God operates, is that he chooses people to, to convey his message. And, and, and he sees Abram as, as, as a person that's chosen by him to introduce this idea of sonship. So what he has to do with Abram is, is do something within his nature. He has to inject something within the nature of Abraham from heaven to earth. And so we see the "h" put into his name, Abraham. He changes his name from Abram, the earthly man, to Abraham, the heavenly man. So even in the ancient world, God's beginning to unfold this whole idea of nature change of this thing of wanting to, to bring about something that would produce sonship, the idea of sonship. And so Abraham is the father of, of sonship, the idea of sonship. And we find the major three religions even uh, point back to Abraham as their father. We have the um, Islamic religion. We have the Christianity and Judaism, the three major ones, the big three. And uh, uh, they're pointing back to this, this figure this primary figure that stands out in our, in our human history um, that is remembered as, 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 as this keynote figure. So he formalises this relationship with Abraham, which we, we talk in, in Christian terms as covenant, as a covenant or a testament of relationship, a bit like a marriage. You know, when we marry people, we say, well, look, I'm going to have a covenant with you and we have the ceremony. And So he formalises it and says, Abram, Abraham I'm going to I'm going to make a relationship with you and, and out of you will come many sons. Now Abraham understands this in a natural sense and he thinks it's all about just the human race um, and he thinks that there's going to be something happening physically to him and so you know again I'm racing through this but he's you know he has he has sons he has many people in his family but God's got this idea of one one Isaac the promised son. Isaac would come not through human effort, not through manipulation, not something out of his DNA of his human nature. Isaac would come from heaven. he would be a, a person that would live an earthly life, but he would emerge from heaven 's plan. He would just come out of the the family, he would emerge out of the out of the, the, the heart and, the, and, the, and the, the family idea of Abraham by promise and so what begins to happen with 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 Abraham is is um, he's confronted with this issue of what I call um, the birth issue and and if you study the life of Abraham you'll see that this was a conflict in his life of understanding how God births things that, he, that there's two kinds of ways things can be birthed. Things can be birthed in human life through human effort. We can go and have sex with someone and have a baby. And that's how human beings are, are come into life, isn't it? That on an, In an earthly sense, life is, 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 is produced and, and families are created because mum and dad have sex, have children, and, and a family is born. But what about God's family? What about the idea of how god's family is born um and so abraham begins to to go on this journey of understanding that he will will not only be an instrument of uh, in a natural sense that a, a natural family will come out of him which we see right now in the present tense as the jewish race of the tribes of israel but out of him would come a supernatural family a family from heaven That heaven would do something in the DNA of the human race that would translate the core problem with them. He would create a new nature within us. He would create sonship. His children would be born in the hearts of the human race. That he would bring us back through some supernatural miracle that would take place. So Abraham, if we read his story, we find that there's this two sort of um, tracks, if you will, that begin to emerge out of the life of Abraham. Um, and, and we understand these in theology as the, as the track of slavery and the track of sonship. And, and when the Apostle Paul begins to build the church, even then he, he makes reference to this thing in the Galatian church because what, there was this church called the Galatians or in the, in the area of, of the Roman province of Galatia that was struggling with this issue. They were trying to work out what it means to have church. What does it mean to be a Christian and possess faith and and to actually represent heaven on earth? And they were getting it wrong. They They were a church, but there was something wrong with the way they were expressing that. And so this great leader had to write a letter to them, and that's where we see the book of Galatians, about this issue of what's gone wrong with you how come you're acting the way you are and he writes to them about Abraham in chapter 4 and he talks to them about the fact that Abraham had two sons he had Isaac and he had Ishmael and one represents sonship and one represents slavery and I believe that everything in life can be categorized in those two areas that we can look at everything that's produced in our life in the idea of slavery and sonship, that this, if we're going to create anything, if we're going to if we're going to produce anything, if there's anything lasting or fruitful or pure, in the idea of heaven on earth, that it has to be, emerge out of out of this what I'd call the spirit of sonship. It has to come out of there. Um, and so I believe the church right now is in a crucial time in its history where we're beginning to understand more and more about this, about understanding what it means to actually live our lives, to make it count um, from the perspective of heaven, that when heaven looks at us, they see that you're on the track, you're doing your kingdom building. See, there's something wrong with the earth, um, um, I'm not sure if there's anything happening behind me there. I do have some scriptures, and I'll put them up in a moment um, to validate what I'm talking about here. <laughs> um, but uh, let's just look at the first slide, if we can. Which one have we got up there? The conflict of nature. So I've taken this scripture um, out of Romans chapter 8, and here it's talking about our, uh, the conflict of our human nature. Um, which wrestles against the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, and and this is something that really, uh, in a lot of ways, um, in a personal sense, I've tried to make sense off a little bit more about this whole question of if I'm a Christian, what is it about this thing that always arises within me that wants me to do wrong? You know, uh, in Romans chapter seven, Paul discusses this whole issue in his own life when he says, "When I want to do good, evil is right there with me." <laughs> Uh, you know, when I became a Christian, I thought, you know, I have this idea that it was just going to happen overnight, and next time I'm a holy man, and that's it, you know. But this idea that even after uh, over three decades of, of walking with Christ, there's this tension of heaven and, 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 the, and the corrupt DNA of earth that's within us. Um, and so, this scripture in Romans chapter 8 says, you know, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children or the sons of God. Um, um, the spirit that's within you does not um, uh, make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Um, the spirit uh, you've received, um, I'm trying to read this over my scribble. I've scribbled all over this. So I'm, I'm sort of trying to make sense without my glasses here. But uh, It's the spirit of adoption into sonship which we cry, Abba, Father. There's something that happens when the Holy Spirit comes into our life um, which is is a cry it 's a cry that comes out of us for for heaven there 's something about the holy spirit's role a role probably isn 't the right word, but that 's my best one I can think of right now his His ministry is to to affect our heart to cry towards heaven so that we can restore this real intimate understanding of the heart of our father because what i realized about my own christian life was that when i became a christian god was not so much interested initially in my moral issues he didn't stand before me and go martin now you're a christian we need to discuss all your moral issues the first thing he wanted to to discuss with me was was acceptance issues because a lot of my immoral issues had got me into a place of incredible rejection where I'd not felt accepted, not only by others, but by myself. And I believe that, that this is something that we need to really get a handle on when we, we're going to have a healthy relationship with our Father in heaven, is that His primary cry from heaven is please feel accepted by me, please feel loved by me first now that 's not to say that God will not deal with morality in our life and, and ethics and values and all those things because that 's something that works as we as we develop our relationship with, with our father but but I believe that <clears throat> that um, we 've got to be able to settle this acceptance, acceptance issue first if we 're going to go anywhere with with uh, you know a dialogue or a discussion about about you know um, about morality or anything to do with, with with that or how we behave and so this conflict of nature god god wants to change us but the only way he can change us is not just to discuss the way we behave when we don't have a nature change the first thing he wants to do is change our nature he wants to get our nature changed he wants to not only his primary role is not just to change the nature of us but to change the nature of the planet in which we live. Because what we, we, we begin to understand is that there's a cry going out from the earth also that the earth will be changed. There's a cry in Romans 8 that goes on and talks about the fact that the whole earth is crying out for sonship to emerge, that the planet knows that it's not in a good state, so that, that nature itself creation itself realizes that you know no matter how beautiful we can see certain things around life and 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 nature that there's a more ideal thing that that god has got so much more not only for us but for the planet earth that planet earth has got an incredible future because heaven's coming here and so the prophets prophesy this and um and you know the idea is that God wants to bring a nature change to us, um, and so you know I've I've got a I've got, to, I've got to fast track a lot of what I'm talking about here. So can we bring up the, the 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 slide? The Earth is crying, and so is the church. And so we find this scripture here in in Romans chapter eight. It's about two slides down. I think you'll find it there. Um, it says there, but creation itself is is also. Uh, will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. So we find here this incredible cry from the earth that if we could, if we could take a moment to glimpse into the spirit realm and hear the echo of the earth, that, that animals and creatures and, and, and trees and, and all that is, is crying out knowing alongside of us there's this spirit cry realising that something went wrong somewhere. And that God has something amazing. When we begin to get this picture, we begin to realize that heaven's championing the earth. There's a cry from heaven saying, come on. You're loved. There's an eternal idea here. And when that message goes out, there's incredible hope with that. There's incredible faith with that that can emerge. It's not us it's not carrying placards to say, you're wrong. You're, 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 you're sinful, you're, you're alienated because of this. It's a, it's, a, it's a message of come home, come back. You're accepted. The angle, the, the, the bias is, 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 is changed. And this is the heart of our Father in heaven. And this is the message I believe that, that the church needs to carry in this hour, is that, that there's this incredible plan that God's unfolding so next slide, thanks. So we're looking at this thing of image. You know, have you ever looked at someone, a couple of people in our church, we've, we're at a place now where some of our younger folk are having newborn babies, and last week we had a, a young guy, Josh and Sarah, they had a new baby, and immediately I saw the baby. I, I could see the, you know, the image of the far, parents in, in the little baby. You know? There's Josh's face in his little daughter, Elsie. See, there's something about a transfer of, of DNA that goes into the face, the image of a, of a child, a son or a daughter, that reflects the, the parent, father or the mother. So when, we, when we're talking about sonship, we've got to talk about image, the reflection, the image. And so this DNA thing is, is, is part of the plan of God to change the image. So, so there's an image issue that we have to change. And so if we're going to look at the fact of what God's doing within the church it's an important issue image is an important issue to God because he wants to be seen on the earth he doesn't want heaven to be veiled he doesn't want people on the earth to think well where is God he's got an issue with us when we're not representing him properly when when what people see in, in, in the face of the church is not a true reflection of heaven and so image is important i believe in the dna of, of of what god's calling us to so we find in second corinthians there it says so all of us who have re, uh, who have uh, had the veil removed um can see and reflect the glory of the lord and the lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him and we are changed into his glorious image so the work of the spirit of god i believe the more we get close to the holy spirit the more we understand the father's heart the more we begin to reflect his image. And this is why Jesus talked about this orphan spirit when he was talking to his disciples and he said this. He said, when when I go to heaven, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you alone. And what he was basically saying was, I'll send the spirit of my father from heaven to you. And when he comes, his primary ministry, his primary goal will be to partner with you to come alongside in 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 the intimacy of your heart so that sonship acceptance and love will be will be uh created within you that the dna of heaven will be produced in you so that as you begin to grow in your in 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 understanding how much you're loved it will come out in and reflect in the way that you profess your love to people around you see that's what jesus did he was the great lover he he was able to with the fullness of the spirit bring an, an incredible love of the father in in his ministry when he was on the earth for that short time of 30 years and now he's 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 in heaven at the right hand of the father he sent his spirit and his spirit's intention is to continue that ministry of the father's love towards us and so New birth is important because, you see, this is the tension of Abraham. The tension of Abraham was, there has to be something from heaven produced through me. And so what the Spirit did was the Spirit hovered over Sarah, his wife, and produced something supernatural. So it was the life of the Spirit in Isaac that began that thing on the earth, that, that, that injection of heaven on earth through Isaac. And so the promised sonship began to work through Isaac. And so what we see in Isaac is this incredible ancient representation of the church, this idea that God would do something from heaven on earth and it wouldn't be done naturally, it would be a miracle. And so if you're here today and you're thinking, how can I know God? It has to begin with a birth. It has to begin with something within your nature. It's not good works. You can't earn your way to know God again. You can't go out and be somebody that's just going to be a do-gooder because heaven's not connected by being a do-gooder. You have to be born into it. That's why Jesus talked about the the, the issue in John's Gospel, chapter 3, about being born again. He said, you must be birthed because there's a problem with your DNA. He wants to deal with something within you. He wants you to be born again. So the born again issue is 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 it deals with the DNA. It deals with something within us that we translate into this place where when we're born again that incredible position is changed with us where we we we're now set back into a place of intimacy with him because we're now his child. he's, he's Heaven has done something. Grace has invaded us and said, come home. It's it's all about me. I'll do it for you. Just if you'll receive it, here it is. You can be born again. Do you want to be born again? Yes, I do. Well, here you go. I'll do it for you. I'll change your nature. The Holy Spirit hovers over our heart. And so when I began today, I started talking about this issue of there's a lot of love from heaven, but it's not always received. You see, the Christian faith is, is not... A forcible thing. It's very gentle, I believe, if it's professed in its proper, proper form. It's not something we shove and bash down someone, it's just something that's offered and received. We receive it. It's an, it's, it's an eternal offer from heaven to come home, to receive back your proper status as a son and a daughter. I can change your nature. The Holy Spirit's on offer to all, everywhere, as many as want to receive it. Just receive it. And as you receive the Holy Spirit, something will happen in the DNA of your heart and sonship is produced. Favor. God deals with the, with the, the issue of, of, of the problem of relationship in that moment when we are rebirthed. Something begins to change. And so that 's where faith comes, you see Faith is just accepting that it's just faith is just a word we use it's a relational word. Faith is not anything else but a love word it's a marriage word it's to, It's to actually just accept that covenant, that relationship and say yes i'll receive your love I'll, I'll I'll receive that love. I believe that you love me. Faith works by love, you see so it's not some doctrine or some Thing that just uh, you know uh, gets around our life and and we try and force it because that comes out of a spirit of slavery too. It's manipulative. It's born out of wrong motive. Pure faith is just receiving love and saying, "I am. I I I feel accepted. I feel loved. I feel received." Because that's what grace is. You see, God always meets us through mercy. Always, even in the Old Testament, when all the laws were laid out with the Leviticus. I can't even say it, the Levitical laws, the Mosaic laws, Moses, and all that. The primary place he met mankind was on the mercy seat. He'd come and his, his spirit's presence would come and he would meet mankind through the high priesthood on the mercy seat. And so mercy is really the expression of unconditional love. It's God saying to us, You're forgiven what i've done has made a way for you to come home come home and if you're willing to come home i'll do all the work i'll send my spirit i'll change your nature so you can get in and you can just come home and so faith is receiving that there's so much more to say here but i've, I've according to my time thing i've got about five minutes left so i wanted to talk about some symptoms to think am i home you know, a, a little bit of a check because you know, you talk to a lot of Christians, and, and I wonder whether or not we actually are home. You know, um, we go to church and we, we listen to sermons, and, and the culture of the church is around us. And, and lately, I've been sharing with our church in Luke chapter 15 about the, the stories of the story of the prodigal sons, both sons. And in that story, there's this, this tragedy. In a sense that there's two sons there And they both don't receive their father's love And, and I'd, I'd like to encourage you all If you can To take time to read that story um, In light of what I, I might Comment about before we finish um, um, In a sense that There's two, two individuals One is one that's wasted his life A younger brother He's wasted his life And he's alienated himself Through his own decisions He's decided to just go away from home And just live a crazy life and that there's a lot of people around the planet like that and then you got this other guy the older brother and he's never left home he's a church goer but the tragedy with this guy is that he still can't receive the father's love he's a he's a he's, he's he says to his father this all these years i've been slaving for you and you've never given me nothing and, and I believe a lot of the culture of the church is locked up in this, this culture of, of works where we, we, we don't really understand proper healthy relationship with heaven, where we're not really fully understanding and comprehending how to live simply and graciously together and with our Father in heaven. And this cry comes out of us, It's almost like a subliminal agenda. All these years I've been slaving for you, and when am I going to get anything? But there's an inability within us to receive love. So the message out of Luke 15 is really, there's so much love on offer. Looking at the Father in that story, which is God the Father, Jesus tells this story to try and explain the Father's love, to say, look, there's so much love on offer, his two sons, that one and that one, outside the house and inside the house, both of them were disconnected from it, but it was there. He wanted to throw a party. He wanted to celebrate with them. He wanted them both home. He wa- that's really the simple in- doctrine of the church, is that there's a whole lot of love and he wants us to come home. And so sonship really, in a nutshell, I believe... When it's received fully in our life Expresses itself in true brotherhood That Something Comes vertically from heaven It's downloaded By grace The kingdom come on earth as it is In heaven, home begins To be produced again in the Life of our relationships We become Homesteaders when we begin To cultivate community By feeling fully accepted from heaven and then embracing that towards one another we, we, we actually remedy what Cain broke we, we, we restore and reconcile what went wrong originally in, in Genesis we begin to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven home comes to the earth heaven on earth let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven See that's the church, that's the idea of God, and so um, with that, um, I've ran out of time, so I can't even go to all the symptoms of sonship. But there are some that I might just throw out there for for your own interest. One of them is the fact that we get gifts. You know, we're both parents, and you know, um, with my kids, a lot of love is expressed on special occasions through gifts, you know, gifts of value, gifts of, um, of uh, blessing, gifts of favor, just saying, you know, you're loved. And I believe God gives many gifts. So I believe the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, um, that's just telling me to finish. Um, <clears throat> God bless technology. Um, the gifts of the Spirit are given to us to actually give us a glimpse of incredible supernatural hope you know there's so much on offer i'm excited i know one day i'm going to fly i've always wanted to fly not in an aircraft just fly you know and uh you know i believe there's so much on offer for the future and that that makes me that makes me live with incredible expectation of the future of, of of our father's family uh, gifts of prophecy, gifts of healings. These are all glimpses of not just insight into the future, but, but wholeness and healing. God, you know, people say, does God heal today? Well, I believe he does heal today because that's part of his message is to demonstrate supernatural love by remedy, by wholeness. It's part of his heart to actually want to make something broken, whole again. Um, that's part of the kingdom come. It's part of coming home, to wipe away a tear, to mend a body, mend a soul, mend a relationship, Um, bringing a right spirit. So those conflicts of anger and, and confusion and fear and all those things that go on in our head all the time about our own life, bringing a right spirit, making our soul think better, these are all gifts, I believe, that God wants to bring through his spirit. They're called fruits of the spirit, where the spirit of God begins to bring Um, attributes of heaven into our heart and our mind and our soul so we can think better about our life and think better about each other you know when in galatians when paul's talking to that broken church he says the fruits of the spirit are these and he goes on and discusses them generosity you know um, peace all these things so these are attributes am i receiving love from heaven well i'm behaving like that if i am you know these are attributes um Um, I'm taking liberties here. Worship. Worship is something that we do when we sing songs and all that kind of thing. But really, worship, I believe, is a cycle. It's when heaven brings grace to the earth and we offer it back. You know, in Romans it tells us that from him and through him and to him is everything. So that's really a description of grace, is that everything comes from God, through God, and back to him. So what we get we can't brag about because it's originally come from him. And grace really, worship is really offering grace back to him and saying, what I have, I got from you anyway, here it is back in worship. And so that is sonship, I believe. Worship is an attribute of sonship. And so what happens when all these things come about is is I believe the kingdom is built. And so today I I just wanted to... um, to finish by making a couple of statements. One is that, um, is that sonship is on offer today for you. I don't know everybody here. I'm, I don't know most of you, <laughs> uh, but here I'm sure that 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 in this subject I've discussed. Hopefully, God willing, I've I've dis, I've tried to. You, you know take a vast subject and, and deliver the idea of what i was trying to get across in in a short period of time but maybe you're here today and you've struggled with acceptance you've struggled with um with being loved um by somebody it not not i'm not talking about god i'm talking about people in your world right now because you know even people in our own family can be cruel and and, and, and do things wrong and people that we've, we've been in relationship with have said they've loved us and we thought, well, that isn't what the love I thought love was or whatever, you know, life's like that the ultimate remedy to all of our brokenness is first being accepted by our Father in Heaven that's the beginning, to be born of God means to receive that acceptance to just say, I'm home I feel the call of home. I feel that reception waiting for me. It's as simple as that. Just saying, I'm home. I'll receive that love. I can hear it. I can feel it. I'm home. And my prayer for you today is that, that, that you would, in your heart, and it, it's not, it's not a, a four point prayer or. You know, uh, I believe it's just in, in your own way, you could just say, I receive that love today. I receive that. And what begin, will begin to happen, I believe, is the born again experience begins for all of us differently, but it has the same goal. And that is to take your heart, turn it, change it, transform it, transition it into a place where God can now start rushing in all of that love from heaven he wants to bring to you. And as he begins to do that, sonship will emerge, and then you'll be able to go out and offer that to somebody. And that's how the kingdom's built, you see. So can we just bow our heads and close our eyes today, just in respect? If if there's anybody here today that would... Feel that that is you, that you'd like to receive that love and just say, I want to receive that love today. I want, to, I want my heart to turn towards home. I want to be changed. It's as simple as just a, a prayer in your heart. You, don't, you can just say it in your mind, in your heart, I receive that love today. I want to receive that love today. If that's you, I want to encourage you to do that now in the intimacy of this gathering, as we gather together, that you would say that in your heart, I want to receive that love. I want to be born again. I want my heart to change. I want to receive that love. And as you do that, I believe, I'm praying now, Heavenly Father, that your spirit, like he has always done, his ministry of acceptance and love and grace, would would overshadow that person or persons. And they would they would be received right now. They would be changed. They would be transformed. They would be embraced back home. In Jesus' name, I pray that. I also want to pray for people here today that maybe have had a wrong idea about the church and maybe you're carrying a message or an idea about God that you've thought, maybe I've just, I need to turn my heart and maybe carry a different message today. Maybe that's you. And, and, and can we gather together in, in agreement and believe that God is going to utilise us to carry a message of love and acceptance, the Father's heart towards those in our world, whether it's our family, the people we work with, the people in our community... That as we leave this place today, that, that the Holy Spirit would begin to now do a work, a changing work in us, to be able to go out and to love people as the Father has loved us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I don't feel to pro- prophesy over everyone today, Steve. I just feel like that's really all I want to do. I don't, you know, I don't want to contrive anything or anything like that. So is that okay? Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Good on you.
0: That was um, absolutely wonderful, and um, can I just say that tragically, um, not not every uh, person. Who's in ministry that I know actually comes from the kind of place where Martin comes. Um, unfortunately, um, there are still sort of ways of thinking within the body of Christ that are still anchored very much within a, a framework of slavery and have driven us. And it's just so refreshing, so life giving to hear someone communicate. Um, the Heart of God from a place of of sonship within that framework, and um, if you kind of want to get a a snapshot or a, an idea of what where we 're coming from what we 're trying to see God for, uh, build, and what we want to facilitate here is Martin just captured it so succinctly and so well this is what we 're trying to to see um, brought about by the Spirit of God in this place, a place where we stand in a place of knowing, a security of identity rooted and anchored in the love and the acceptance and the grace and the kindness and the mercy of God. And then we go out and we live in the reality of that and we are carriers of that and imparters of that into the world in which we live. Um, um martin i've heard you share kind of that message on in kind of nuanced in different ways but that was just superb this morning i just want to really honor you and thank you for coming down this way to be with us and um love to have you back again in the not too distant future uh, let's stand this morning thanks alex for sharing too i mean your message this morning was just so in line too with what martin had to say as well why don't we just uh, finish with a benediction this morning and uh Let these words wash over you and um, rest with you throughout the week. May the strength of God sustain us. May the power of God preserve us. May the hands of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the love of God go with us today and forever. Amen.